Welcome to Zikhu Daf Siman Ram Goldhar, and today we're Zekas Ksubas Daf Mem Base, beginning of the fourth parak Narashini Spatasa. The Zikhu Masekas Ksubas program has been generously sponsored as a schus for Hakazakas Atoyah. So the three dots we're going to focus on. Number one was Tanda Mishnah and Shvuas. If one says to another, Anasta Petisa Azbita, you violated my daughter or you seduced my daughter, and the defendant responds that he did not, and the father says, Mashbiachani, I make you swear regarding this, and the defendant says, Amen, and afterwards the defendant admits that he violated or seduced her, and that he had sworn falsely, he's chayved to pay the claim and an additional fifth, and to bring an asham. Rabbi Shimon exempts him, She'enu Misham Knas al Piatzmo, for the din is that one does not pay Knas by his own admission. Rashi explains that one is only chayv a kanas if he is convicted through the testimony of witnesses, not if he himself admits to the crime. Therefore, since he would not have been chayv a kanas even if he admitted to the violation or seduction, his denial is not considered kfiris mamun, a denial of a monetary chiyuv. The Chami said to him, even though he doesn't pay Knas by his own admission, he does pay Boshu's Bagam by his own admission, and since his denial has monetary consequences, he's Chayv and Ashim for his false oath. The one the next off will explain Rebbe Shimon disagrees. Pointing me to Abayas is Rebbe Rabba, one who says to another, Anastu Petisas Biti, you violated or you seduced my daughter, and I sued you in basin, and you were obligated to pay me money, referring to the 50 shekel knas, and the defendant denies it all, and he swore, and then later confessed that he swore falsely. What is the law according to Rabbi Shimon? Do we say that since he sued in basin and was awarded the knas, it's considered money, and he's hived to bring an ashim for a false oath, or do we say that it's still treated as a knas and he does not bring an ashim? Rabbi answered, It is considered money, and he's hived to bring a carbon for making a false oath. After Abai challenges Rabbi, Rabbi revises his answer, that in fact, Rabbi Shimon does not treat a knas after conviction as money. And when he said that Rabbi Shimon does treat it as money, it was with respect to bequeathing it to his sons. Rosh explains that if the father were to die after being awarded the kanas, but before he collected it, the kanas would go to the brothers and not to the victim herself. And point number three, Abai challenges Rabbi's response that the sons collect the payments if the father died before he collected them from our Mishnah, which explicitly states, Rabbi Shimon says, If she did not yet collect her payments before the father died, they belonged to her. Rabbi said, Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef had difficulty with this matter for 22 years, and it was not resolved until Rabbi Yosef sat at the head of the academy after Rabbi's death and resolved it. He explained that in the case of violation and seduction, it's different. For the Pusik states, The man who lay with her shall give the father of the girl 50 silver pieces. The Torah did not entitle the father to the kanas until the moment it is actually given to him. When Rabbi said that a fine after conviction is considered money with respect to bequeathing it to his sons, Bashar Kanas was it was with respect to other fines. So once again, the three points are number one. It was taught in the Mishnah in Shavuos. If one says to another, Anasta Petisa Zbita, you violated my daughter or you seduced my daughter, and the defendant responds that he did not, and the father says, Mashbiachani, I make you swear regarding this, and the defendant says, Amen, and afterwards the defendant admits that he violated or seduced her, and that he had sworn falsely, he's chayav to pay the claim, and an additional fifth, and to bring an ashram. Rabbi Shimon exempts him, She'enu Misham Knas al Piatzmo, for the din is that one does not pay Knas by his own admission. 
Rashi explains that one is only chayav a kanas if he is convicted through the testimony of witnesses, not if he himself admits to the crime. Therefore, since he would not have been chayav a kanas even if he admitted to the violation or seduction, his denial is not considered kfiris mamun, a denial of a monetary chiv. The Chami said to him, even though he doesn't pay Knas by his own admission, he does pay Boshu's Bagam by his own admission, and since his denial has monetary consequences, he's Chayv and Ashim for his false oath. The one the next off will explain Rebbe Shimon disagrees. Pointing to Abai asks his Rebbe, Rabba, one who says to another, Anastu petisas biti, bedin, mamun, you violated or you seduced my daughter, and I sued you in basin, and you were obligated to pay me money, referring to the 50 shekel knas, and the defendant denies it all, v'nishba, v'hoda, and he swore, and then later confessed that he swore falsely. What is the law according to Rebbe Shimon? Kevin da'amud bedin mamun havai, u'mechai do we say? that since he sued in Basin and was awarded the Knas, it's considered money, and he's hived to bring an Ashim for a false oath, or do we say that it's still treated as a Knas and he does not bring an Ashim? Rabbi answered, It is considered money, and he's hived to bring a carbon for making a false oath. After Abai challenges Rabbi, Rabbi revises his answer, that in fact Rabbi Shimon does not treat a Knas after conviction as money. And when he said that Rabbi Shimon does treat it as money, it was with respect to bequeathing it to his sons. Rashi explains that if the father were to die after being awarded the Knas, but before he collected it, the Knas would go to the brothers and not to the victim herself. And point number three, Abai challenges Rabbi's response that the sons collect the payments if the father died before he collected them from our Mishnah. Which explicitly states, Rabbi Shimon says, If she did not yet collect her payments before the father died, they belonged to her. Rabbi said, Rabbi and Rav Yosef had difficulty with this matter for 22 years, and it was not resolved until Rav Yosef sat at the head of the academy after Rabbi's death and resolved it. He explained that in the case of violation and seduction, it's different. For the Pusik states, the man who lay with her shall give the father of the girl fifty silver pieces. The Torah did not entitle the father to the kanas until the moment it is actually given to him. When Rabbi said that a fine after conviction is considered money with respect to bequeathing it to his sons, Bashar Knasas, it was with respect to other fines. All right, so now we get our Simadop Mem base, and our standard Simon is a mobster. A mobster. So here goes. The mobster's sons, who watched their father die in rage when he learned that the Ma'anis, who admitted after he swore, was Pater, were hoping that they would inherit another uncollected 50 shekel kanas, but were informed that a father is only entitled to a kanas when it is actually given to him. Once again, it's emotion. The mobster's sons, mobster, that must mean more enough. Membeis. The mobster's sons who watched their father die in rage when he learned that the Ma'anis who admitted after he swore was Pater, which reminds us, it was taught in the Mishnah in Shavuos. If one says to another, Anastu Betisa's Biti, you violated my daughter or you seduced my daughter and the defendant responds that he did not and the father makes him swear and afterwards the defendant admits that he violated or seduced her and that he had sworn falsely, he's chayved to pay the claim and an additional fifth and bring an Ashim. But Rav Shimon exempts him. Shainam Risham Knas Alpi Asma for the din is that one does not pay Knas by his own admission. The Chami said to him that even though he doesn't pay Knas by his own admission, he does pay for Boshu's Bagam by his own admission. Since his denial has a monetary consequence, he is Chayv for his false oath. 
So the mobster's sons who watched their father die in rage when he learned that the Ma'anas who admitted after he swore was Pater were hoping that they would inherit another uncollected 50 shekel kanas, which reminds us, Abai asks his Rebbe, Rabba, one who says to another that you violated or seduced my daughter and I sued you in Basin and you were obligated to pay me money, referring to the 50 shekel kanas, and the defendant denies it all, swears, and then later confesses that he swore falsely, what's the law according to Rebbe Shimon? Rabbi says that, in fact, Rabbi Shimon does not treat a kanas after conviction as money. And when he said that Rabbi Shimon does treat it as money, it was with respect to bequeathing it to his sons. So the mobs to his sons who watched their father die in rage when he learned that the Ma'anas, who admitted after he swore, was Pater, were hoping that they would inherit another uncollected 50 shekel kanas. But were informed that a father is only entitled to a kanas when it is actually given to him. Which reminds me of Yosef explained that in the case of Onus and Mephata, the Pusik states, The man who lay with her shall give the father of the girl 50 silver pieces. The Torah did not entitle the father to the Kanas until the moment it is actually given to him. When Rabbi said that a fine after conviction is considered money with respect to bequeathing it to his sons, Bashar Kanasos, it was with respect to other fines. So once again, the mobster's sons, who watched their father die in rage when he learned that the Ma'anas who admitted after he swore was Pater, were hoping that they would inherit another uncollected 50 shekel kanas, but were informed that a father is only entitled to a kanas when it is actually given to him. All right, now it's time for Por Blabach Hazara. So the simmer Daph is a Devrelach, and we use chicken soup. So here goes. The Nari eating from a bowl of comforting chicken soup. Chicken soup, that must mean we're on Daph the Na'ara eating from a bowl of comforting chicken soup after being engaged, divorced, and then violated, which reminds us of the Malchus between Yossi Agli and Rabbi Kiva, whether a Na'ara that was engaged, divorced, and then violated receives a Kanas. The Malchus is based on how they understand the Pasuk of Asherlo Arasa, who was not engaged. So the Na'ara eating from a bowl of comforting chicken soup after being engaged, divorced, and then violated that she bought with the 50 silver shkalim she had been given, which reminds us we discussed where we learned that a ma'anas and mafanta must pay 50 silver shkalim, whether it's from the Gezer Shava of Asholo Arasa in the parshios of the ma'anas and mafanta, or according to Biosia Galili, it's from the Pasuk of Kesev Yishkol Kamoha Basulos. So the Nari eating from a bowl of comforting chicken soup after being engaged, divorced, and then violated that she bought with the 50 silver shkalim she had been given, sent a bowl over to the distraught father of a Na'ar Basul who died after being violated, since he received nothing. Which reminds us, Abaya said, Ba'alel Mesa Pater, if one violated a Na'ar Basul and she died before the violator was sued by the father and found liable by Basin, he's Pater from payment for the Pusik states, V'nasan la'viha Na'ara, and he, referring to the violator, shall give to the father of the Na'ara 50 silver coins. The superfluous expression of Na'ara teaches that the fine is paid to the father of the Na'ara, V'lola avi Mesa, and not to the father of a deceased girl. The Gemara said that what was obvious to Abaya was the basis of a question for Rabba. Daf Lamates, so the similar Daf Lamates is a letter, and we often use a mailman. So here goes. The mailman, mailman, that must be more Daf Lamates, letter. The mailman who delivered the Knas package to the Na'ara, who got married after she was violated, which reminds us, Rav asked the Bai, what's the halacha if one violated a Na'ara and she became engaged before the violator was found guilty? 
Abaya answered, the Pasuk does not say, and the violator shall give to the father of the Nara who is not engaged. And this is different from the case where she got married. For just as her becoming, a Bulgaris removes a daughter from her father's Ushas, and marriage removes her from her father's Ushas, then just as in the case of a Bulgaris where one violates her as a Nara and she becomes a Bulgaris before judgment, she gets the Kanas, so too in the case of her marrying, she gets the Kanas. But with regard to Kedushin, she's not completely removed from her father's Ushas, in that her father and her husband can annul her nadarim. So the mailman who delivered the kanas package to the Na'ara, who got married after she was violated, along with a big poster from Basin, listing the differences between Ha'onis and the Mafata, which reminds us, the next Mishnah listed differences between Ha'onis and the Mafata in terms of the payments that are made and when they must marry the woman. So the mailman who delivered the kanas package to the Na'ara, who got married after she was violated, along with a big poster from Basin, listing the differences between Ha'onis and the Mafata, overheard her tell her father she was so grateful he prevented her marriage to the one who violated her from happening. Which reminds us, it was taught in Nebraisa, in both cases of seducer and the violator, both she and her father can prevent the marriage from taking place. The Gemara asks, where is it known that the father can block the marriage if she's violated? Abaya answered, It's logical that the sinner should not be rewarded for his sin. And Rabbi said, it's a call of a homer. If in the case of the seducer who only went against the will of the father, both the girl and the father can prevent the marriage, then all the more so with the violator who went against the will of the father and the daughter, he or she can prevent the marriage. Daf Mem, so the simmer Daf Mem is a swimming pool. So here goes. When the Nara Mamzeris was instructed to say she doesn't want to marry her violator, he dove into the pool. Pool, that must be on Daf Mem, Mime, swimming pool. When the Nara Mamzeris was instructed to say she doesn't want to marry her violator, which reminds us, if one violates a woman who is unfit to marry a Jew, such as a Mamzeris, he's not permitted to keep her. For the Pusik states, Velociele Isha, and she shall be to him a wife, which implies Isha Haruilo a woman who is fit for marriage to him, Rav Kana said, that he said the following argument in the presence of Rav Zvid from Nardah, let the Asiyavas marrying her be docha, the losa say of not marrying a woman who is not fit to marry. Rav Zvid responded that we say, in cases like Nila and Saras, where it's impossible to choose not to fulfill the Asiyav, but here, although the violator has the mitzvah to marry the woman, if she says, I do not want him as a husband, is there any mitzvah's Asiyav at all? Rashi explains that in all cases, of unfit women, we instruct them to say she doesn't want the violator to be a husband, so that there is no mitzvah So when the Nara Mamzeris was instructed to say she doesn't want to marry her violator, he dove into the pool to escape the boshes of begun payments, which are not included in the kanas, which reminds us, the Gemara asks, why not say that the 50 slime is the payment for kanas, boshes, and pagam? Abai answers that the Pusik states that the violator pays the kanas, tachas not because he has afflicted her, which implies that they are paid specifically because he violated her. And besides his payment for affliction, there are additional payments of boshes begum. Rava gives an alternative answer from the Pusik that states, kesef. The man who lay with her shall give the father of the girl fifty silver shekels. This implies Hanos Shiva Kamishim, that for the pleasure of lying with her he pays with the shekels of the father. But called the Akabosha's Bagam. From here we can infer that there are additional payments of embarrassment and depreciation. So when the Nara Mamzeris was instructed to say she does not want to marry her violator, he dove into the pool to escape the Bosha's Bagam payments, which are not included in the Kanas, but was captured by her father, who was eager to receive them and was planning to marry her off. 
to Amukoshin, which reminds us, it's logical that Boshas and Magam go to the father, for if he wishes, he can give over to a man who is repulsive, or Amukoshin afflicted with boils. Rashi explains that it's in the father's rishus to embarrass her and depreciate her value through relations with a repulsive person in exchange for the Kedusha money. So since the violator preempted the father by embarrassing her and depreciating her value, he causes the father to lose out from the money he could have received. Daf Memov. So the similar Daf Memov is a grandma. So here goes. The grandma, grandma. That must be more in Daf Memov. The grandma who told Basin she would certainly object if they let a Mafata ruin her granddaughter's wonderful reputation, which reminds us, the next mission which states, the one who says, I seduced Pony's daughter, pays for Boch's begum, but does not pay the Knast, does not go according to the Tana of the price we taught, that a Mafatu confesses, even Boshin Makami doesn't have to pay, for he's not believed to discredit the daughter Pony. Rapapa asked the Baya, what would be the halach if it was acceptable to the girl to suffer a bad reputation in order to receive the Boshin Makami? And the Gemara answers that perhaps it's not acceptable to her father. And even if it was, perhaps it's not acceptable to members of the family. Rashi explains that it's not for Basin to do something that will sustain the family's embarrassment. And even if it was acceptable to them, it's impossible there's not one family member in a distant land for whom it's not acceptable. So the grandma who told Basin she would certainly object if they let him a fata ruin her granddaughter's wonderful reputation was incensed when Basin informed her she owed Chetzi Nezik as a kanas because her ox scored, which reminds us more brings Malchokas regarding Chetzi Nezik. Half damages which are paid when a short time damages. Our Papa said Palganiska Mamona, half damages are payment of damages. Where Huda Braid Rav Yeshua says Palganiska Kanasa, half damages are Kanas. So the grandma told Basin she would certainly object if they let a Mafata ruin her granddaughter's wonderful reputation. Was incensed when Basin informed her she owed Chetzinezik as a Kanas because her ox gored and that she had a court date in Eretz Yisrael because her kitty cat was a killer and eating. Large chickens, which reminds us. The Gemara states that now that it has been established that Chetzi Nezik is a kanas, in the case of a dog that killed and ate a sheep, or a cat that killed and ate large chickens, it's a case of unusual damage, and we do not collect it in Bavel. Collection of kanas requires dayanim with smicha, and smicha can only be given in Eretz Yisrael. But if the damaged party sees property the owner of the dog or cat, we do not take it away from him. And if the damaged party said to Basin, set up date for me to go to Eretz Yisrael to present the case in Basin with dayanim, who have smicha, the courts set a date for him. And if the damager doesn't go by that date, we place a ban on him. All right, now it's time to conclude their 10-question pop quiz. Number one, which stuff do we have a mission that lists the differences between Ha'onis and Mafata? That's on Duff. Lamatas. Good, number two. Which stuff do we have Rabbi Shimon holds that if one swore that he was not Ma'anis or Mafata, and then he admitted he is Pater from a Knas? That's on Duff. Membeis. Good number three. Which of the one according to one Tana, a Mafatu confesses, does not pay Boshas Begum because Basin does not give him a platform to ruin the girl's reputation? That's on Dav. Memov. Good number four. Which of the one that we instruct a woman who cannot marry her violator, such as a Mamzeris, to say that she does not want to marry him? And this is not a case of Ase Dochelosase. That's on Dav. Mem, good. Number five. Which of the one the rabbis said the Rabbi Shimon treats a kanas as money with regards to bequeathing it to one's sons? That's on Duff. Mem base. Good. Number six. Which of the one that since based in Mbavel cannot judge cases of kanas if the damaged party wants, they can have them set a court date in Eretz Yisrael? That's on Duff. 
Memov. Good number seven. Wish something wherein the father can block the marriage in the case of a onus as well. According to Abai, Shoye Chotaniska, and according to Rava, based on a Kavachomer, that's on Duff. Lamates. Good number eight. Wish something wherein that Bojas and Pangam are not included in the Kanas payment, that's on Duff. Mem. Good number nine. Which something when the Torah did not entitle the father to the Kanas until the moment it is actually given to him. That's on Duff. Mem base. Good. And number ten. Which something when the Bojas and become go to the father since he's the one losing out since he could have married her off to a Manuvo or Mukhashkin. That's on Duff. Mem. Excellent. Right. That concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Ram Golden Zich wishing you a great day and great learning.